0: You are now listening to People That Changed the World. My name is Steve Matthews. In this podcast, we'll explore all of the world's most fascinating people, their stories, and how they managed to change the world. Stay tuned for today's episode. Born on a balmy summer day in 1930, Warren Buffett entered a world that was on the cusp of momentous change. The Great Depression was beginning to cast its long shadow over America, and the city of Omaha, Nebraska, where Warren took his first breath, was no exception. His father, Howard Buffett, a man of remarkable financial acumen and moral strength, worked as a stockbroker, an occupation that helped their family weather the economic storm that was starting to brew. Howard's astute business sense was undoubtedly an early influence on young Warren. Warren's mother, Layla, ran their household with love and efficiency, providing a warm, nurturing environment for her children. She ensured that Warren had a solid foundation upon which to build his life and career. It was a household where the value of hard work, honesty, and integrity were emphasized, values that Warren would later embody. As a child, Warren was inquisitive, with an uncanny knack for numbers. While other kids of his age were engrossed in outdoor games and mischief, Warren found joy in a different kind of play. He would note down the numbers of passing cars and carefully record them, almost as if he was preparing for his future role as a tracker of stocks and their changing values. However, it wasn't all numbers and data for young Warren. He had an entrepreneurial spirit that was quite rare for someone his age. At just six years old, He purchased six packs of Coca-Cola from his grandfather's grocery store for 25 cents and sold each of the bottles for a nickel, pocketing a five-cent profit. This small venture was a prelude to the future magnate's exceptional business acumen. When he was 11, Warren made his first foray into the world of investing, purchasing shares in a company called City Service. Though the investment didn't pan out as expected, it taught him a valuable lesson about market patience and sparked a passion for investing that would blaze fiercely in the years to come. This period of Warren's life, full of curiosity and early lessons, laid the groundwork for the financial titan he would become. It's a testament to the fact that great things often have humble beginnings, and the seeds of success are sown early in life. Warren Buffett was just a boy from Omaha, But within him was a determination and passion that would one day transform the world of investing. While the scent of freshly cut grass and the sound of baseballs colliding with bats filled the air in Omaha's neighborhoods, young Warren Buffett was captivated by a different pursuit. While he appreciated the charm of these conventional childhood pastimes, his heart lay elsewhere, it was enamored with the thrill of entrepreneurship and the world of numbers. Warren's hobbies were unconventional to say the least for a child of his age his interests were firmly rooted in commerce business and finance his fascination with numbers began to manifest itself at an early age a common sight at the buffett residence was young warren hunched over his father's adding machine his fingers expertly punching the keys his eyes lighting up with delight as the numbers clattered in word he loved the certainty the clarity that numbers offered Even at a young age, he intuitively grasped their power and the stories they could tell. And then there was the entrepreneurial streak that seemed to be a part of his very being. From selling Coca-Cola bottles for a profit to earning his first dividends from his early investment, Warren was always seeking opportunities to turn a profit. He launched a lucrative pinball machine business in his teens, not out of a desire to play the game. But recognizing its potential as a money making venture. Warren wasn't all work and no play, though. His other childhood interest was collecting, he was an avid stamp collector. It was an interest that hinted at his future penchant for investing, a way of patiently accumulating value over time. The books he read also reflected his early interests. At the tender age of seven, he chanced upon a copy of 1,000 Ways to Make $1,000. The book became his guide, further fueling his passion for entrepreneurship. He took the book's lessons to heart and began to think of ways he could make money. He embraced the concept of compounding, which was to become a cornerstone of his investment philosophy. In essence, Warren's childhood interests were a peek into the future. The boy who loved numbers, who found joy in entrepreneurial ventures, who read business books at an age when most children were reading fairy tales, was to become one of the world's greatest investors. He was not your average child, and he was not to have an average life. Even then, it was clear that Warren Buffett was cut from a different cloth. In the heart of Nebraska, young Warren Buffett attended Rose Hill Elementary School. School, for him, was a place where he could quench his thirst for knowledge. But his true education wasn't confined to the four walls of a classroom, it spilled over into the fabric of his daily life, extending from his father's stock brokerage to the bustling, vibrant streets of Omaha. His father, Howard Buffett, played an instrumental role in Warren's formative years. A stockbroker in AUS, Congressman Howard instilled in Warren a strong work ethic, an unwavering moral compass, and a keen sense of fiscal responsibility. With his father as a role model, Warren understood the power of integrity in business dealings. This understanding later became the cornerstone of his investment philosophy. Yet, his first major influence outside the family was Benjamin Graham, the father of value investing. When Warren enrolled in Columbia Business School, he was fortunate enough to be taught by Graham. Graham's book, The Intelligent Investor, became Warren's Bible. The teachings of Graham deeply influenced Warren's investment strategy, notably the principle of investing in undervalued companies that demonstrated a solid margin of safety. Throughout his schooling years, his passion for numbers, finance, and business only grew stronger. While most high school students were attending proms or football games, Warren was busy making money by delivering newspapers, selling golf balls and stamps, and even detailing cars. By the time he was 16, he had saved more than $5,000, equivalent to over $60,000 today. One cannot discount the influence of Dale Carnegie's book How to Win Friends and Influence People on Buffett's Life. Despite being rejected by Harvard Business School, Warren took a Dale Carnegie Public Speaking course, which he credits for his success in life. It helped him overcome his fear of public speaking and even influenced his decision to propose to his wife, Susan Thompson. Warren's years of schooling and early influences shaped him into a young man full of ambition, drive, and a profound understanding of money and business. His unyielding focus and dedication, coupled with the influences of his father and Benjamin Graham, set the stage for his journey into becoming the Oracle of Omaha. Little did the world know then that this young man from Nebraska would one day revolutionize the world of investment. Howard Buffett was more than just a father to Warren. He was a mentor, a guide, and a beacon of wisdom and virtue. Howard was a stalwart believer in hard work, honesty, and independence. Lessons he imparted to his son from a tender age. Howard owned a small brokerage, and it was here that Warren had his first taste of the stock market. In the clamor and frenzy of the trading floor, a young Warren watched as his father navigated the turbulent seas of finance with a steady hand and a level head. He learned early on that investing was not a game of chance but a discipline that required patience, analysis, and a cool temperament. One significant lesson that Howard imparted to Warren was the concept of integrity. The elder Buffett was known for his unwavering honesty, a trait that he deeply embedded in Warren. As Warren once stated, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. This guiding principle of valuing reputation over wealth came from his father and became a bedrock principle for Warren throughout his career. But perhaps the most potent lesson from his father was about independence and forging one's own path. Howard always encouraged Warren to make his own decisions, to not be swayed by popular opinion. This lesson stayed with Warren, who later developed a contrarian investment strategy. Often investing in companies that were unpopular or undervalued in the market. His decision to invest in companies like Geico and American Express during their most challenging times is a testament to his independent thinking, a lesson he learned from his father. Lessons learned from his father didn't stop at investing principles. Howard, a four term Republican congressman, taught Warren about civic responsibility and the importance of giving back to society. This lesson planted the seeds of philanthropy in Warren, who has pledged to give away the majority. The pages of Warren Buffett's story turned a significant chapter as he embarked on a journey that took him more than a thousand miles away from home. After graduating from high school, Warren set his sights on the prestigious Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. His decision was less about following in his father's footsteps and more about seeking a world beyond his home in Omaha, Nebraska. The academic journey of this bright, ambitious teenager from Omaha to the bustling, ivy-draped corridors of Wharton was no less than a voyage of discovery. His mind was full of numbers, market trends, and a voracious appetite to learn. And yet, as he stepped onto the sprawling campus in 1947, he felt a unique blend of exhilaration and trepidation. Wharton was a cauldron of intellectual ferment. He was surrounded by classmates who were just as ambitious and intelligent as he was, if not more so. However, he quickly discovered that his passion for investing was an outlier even among the Wharton elite. His professors and classmates, captivated by theoretical models and complex formulas, often overlooked the practical wisdom of the market. Warren, in contrast, was driven by real-world applications of his lessons, his perspective honed by years of reading and exploring the stock market. Over the next two years, Warren soaked up all he could from his professors, but also from the experiences that Wharton and its diverse student body offered him. He developed a deeper understanding of economics and honed his analytical skills. However, he often felt the teachings were too conventional and lacked practical relevance to the real-world business problems he was fascinated by. This disconnect led to a longing for a more hands-on approach to his education. He decided to return to Nebraska, but not before the time at Wharton helped shape his unconventional approach to investing. It was at Wharton where Warren truly understood that he was not just interested in finance or economics, but a broader canvas, he was interested in how businesses worked, how they grew, how they faltered, and most importantly, how they could be valued. The journey to Wharton, while not what he had expected, was a crucial step in Buffett's intellectual journey. It offered him a broader perspective, challenged his beliefs, and strengthened his resolve to forge his own path in the world of investing. In the grand tapestry of Warren Buffett's life, his journey to Wharton was a vibrant thread, woven with lessons of resilience, exploration, and self belief. The world often works in mysterious ways and in Warren Buffett's case, it led him to a book that would profoundly shape his life and future investment philosophy. Buffett's journey back to Omaha did not mean the end of his education. On the contrary, he continued his quest for knowledge at the University of Nebraska, Lincoln, earning his undergraduate degree there. The real intellectual discovery, however, came when he chanced upon a book in the university library. The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. Benjamin Graham was no ordinary figure in the world of finance. Known as the father of value investing, Graham's approach was grounded in fundamental analysis and the firm belief that an investment should reflect the intrinsic value of a company. This was in stark contrast to the speculative methods that were popular in Wall Street at the time. As Buffett leafed through the pages of Graham's book, he was entranced. Here was an approach that resonated with his own instincts and beliefs. Graham's philosophy of investing was practical, logical, and rooted in a deep understanding of business. Warren was drawn to the clarity of thought, the simplicity of Graham's principles, and the practical applicability of the book's teachings. It was a revelation that felt more like a homecoming. So profound was the impact of Graham's book that Buffett made a life-changing decision. He would apply to Columbia Business School, where Benjamin Graham taught. He was not deterred by the fact that he had initially been rejected, nor by the long journey from Omaha to New York. Buffett was driven by the desire to learn directly from the man who had written the book that was, in his words, by far the best book on investing ever written. On the hallowed grounds of Columbia, under the guidance of Benjamin Graham, Buffett's investment philosophy began to take concrete shape. Graham's teachings on margin of safety, investing in undervalued companies, and distinguishing between investing and speculating became the bedrock principles for Buffett's investment strategy. In discovering Benjamin Graham, Buffett found a mentor in a philosophy that aligned with his own instincts about investing. Graham's influence extended beyond investing principles to shape Buffett's ethical compass. Teaching him the importance of honesty, integrity, and prudence in business dealings. This fortuitous discovery, born from a single book in a university library, was instrumental in shaping Warren Buffett's journey from a young man intrigued by the stock market to one of the most successful investors in history. In 1951, Warren Buffett graduated from Columbia Business School with a newfound wealth of knowledge and the influence of his mentor, Benjamin Graham etched into his investing philosophy. Leaving the campus, however, did not mean parting ways with his teacher. In a twist of fate, after graduating, he had the opportunity to work for Graham at the Graham Newman Corporation. Stepping into the real world, his first job was as an investment salesman at Buffett Falk Company, a job that his father Howard Buffett had helped him secure. Here, Warren's affinity for numbers and his understanding of businesses were put to the test. Yet, it was not the numbers that intimidated him. Instead, he found it challenging to convince people and win their trust. He realized that while knowledge was power, communication was key. Seeking to improve, Buffett enrolled in a Dale Carnegie public speaking course. The classes proved to be transformative enabling him to express his ideas more effectively and enhancing his ability to influence people. Buffett's certificates from Columbia and Carnegie proudly hung on his office wall later in life, a testament to the importance he placed on both knowledge and communication. In 1954, Warren's path intersected once again with Benjamin Graham. Graham offered him a position at his investment firm, Graham Newman Corporation, This job was a dream come true for Buffett. Not only did he get to work directly under his mentor, but he was also able to apply the principles of value investing in a real-world context. Working with Graham, Buffett sharpened his analytical skills, delving deep into balance sheets and income statements. His job allowed him to comprehend the nuances of businesses, learning to identify undervalued companies ripe for investment, Buffett's performance at Graham Newman Corp. was exceptional, but his time there was short-lived as Graham decided to retire and close the firm in 1956. At the crossroads of his career, with Graham's retirement and the closing of Graham Newman Corporation, Buffett made a decision that would redefine his life and the world of investing. He chose to start his own investment partnership, bringing together a group of investors who trusted him and his investment philosophy. It was the beginning of Buffett's journey to becoming one of the world's most successful investors and the Oracle of Omaha. Warren Buffett's return to Omaha in 1956 marked a turning point in his life. It was a homecoming of sorts, but not to a life of leisure. Instead, he was embarking on a journey of a lifetime, setting the foundations of what would become a monumental investing career. Omaha with its expansive skies and laid-back atmosphere, was a stark contrast to the hustle and bustle of New York. Yet, for Buffett, it was a familiar and comfortable environment, a place where he felt rooted and inspired. The city's calm and modest lifestyle aligned perfectly with his low-key personality and fundamental approach to investing. Upon his return, Buffett was greeted by old friends and family, many of whom became his early investors. He set up the Buffett Partnership LTD in his home's small study room, armed with an investment strategy honed under Benjamin Graham and an unruffled conviction in its success. The Buffett Partnership started with seven limited partners, consisting of Buffett's family and friends. Warren was the only general partner. Using $105,000 of his own funds and $120,000 from his partners, Buffett set his sights on undervalued companies and embarked on his investment journey. The initial years of the partnership were humble. Buffett operated out of a tiny room in his house with no staff. His desk was a door propped up on sawhorses, and he used a drawer in his bedroom as a filing cabinet. His wife, Susie, doubled as his secretary, handling calls and mail. Despite these modest beginnings, Buffett was unfazed. In the heartland of America, inside a small, nondescript house, the Buffett Partnership Limited was taking shape. This inconspicuous entity, started in 1956, was destined to set the stage for one of the greatest investing success stories in history. The principles upon which Warren Buffett built this venture served as the bedrock of his investing philosophy that would stand the test of time. The Buffett Partnership Limited was more than an investment company. It was an embodiment of Buffett's simple yet powerful philosophy of value investing, a style he had learned from his mentor, Benjamin Graham. As the sole general partner, Buffett had the autonomy to drive the partnership in the direction he deemed fit. From the start, Buffett maintained transparency with his limited partners. He communicated his strategies and thought process clearly, setting the groundwork for an honest and trustworthy relationship. Each year, he wrote a letter to his partners outlining the performance, his investment decisions, and his expectations. Despite his deep understanding of the stock market, Buffett didn't promise unrealistic gains. Instead, he assured his partners of reasonable returns over the long run, making it clear that he was in the game for the long haul. The strategy for the partnership was simple yet brilliant. Buffett focused on undervalued companies those that were overlooked by most investors but had strong fundamentals. This approach was not popular or flashy, it was even considered boring by Wall Street standards. Yet, it worked wonderfully well, generating consistent returns and slowly building the partnership's portfolio. Buffett's stewardship of the partnership was marked by his incredible dedication and discipline. He treated the partner's money as his own, and perhaps even more cautiously. His prudent investment choices were driven by data and logic, not market rumors or trends. Over the years, the Buffett Partnership Limited grew, both in terms of the capital it managed and the returns it generated. By the time it closed in 1969, it had significantly outperformed the Dow Jones Industrial Average and turned many of its initial investors into millionaires. While the Buffett Partnership Limited was eventually dissolved to pave the way for Buffett's focus on Berkshire Hathaway, its legacy lived on. The investment principles it championed, the transparency it exhibited, and the returns it delivered served as a powerful testament to Buffett's investment prowess, ultimately solidifying his place as one of the greatest investors of all time. In the bustling city of New Bedford, Massachusetts, a faltering textile mill named Berkshire Hathaway was inching closer to the end of its lifespan. It was the early 1960s, and the textile industry in the U.S. was in decline, plagued by cheaper foreign competition. However, amidst the doom and gloom, Warren Buffett, a shrewd investor from Omaha, saw a glimmer of opportunity. Buffett initially bought shares of Berkshire Hathaway simply because they were cheap. His investment philosophy, deeply influenced by Benjamin Graham, was to buy companies that were undervalued by the market. In the struggling textile mill, Buffett spotted a classic cigar but stock a term used by Graham to describe a one-time good company trading below its intrinsic value. But, his acquisition of Berkshire Hathaway was not just business as usual. It was driven, in part, by a personal grudge. A disagreement over a fraction of a cent per share with the then owner Seabury Stanton pushed Buffett to amass more and more shares until he had enough to take control of the company. In 1965, through a series of complicated maneuvers, he ousted Stanton and took the reins of Berkshire Hathaway, marking a significant turn in his investing career. Once in charge, Buffett faced the harsh realities of the textile business. Despite his best efforts, The company continued to struggle. However, the astute investor he was, Buffett saw the cash flow from the dying business as a way to invest in other undervalued companies. Gradually, he transitioned Berkshire Hathaway from a textile mill into a holding company. One by one, Buffett made a series of investments and acquisitions, each strategically chosen for its value and potential for long term success. The first of these was an insurance company, National Indemnity. The move was ingenious. Not only did it diversify Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio, but it also gave Buffett access to float the insurance premiums collected up front and paid out later in claims, providing him with a large sum of money to invest. While the acquisition of Berkshire Hathaway may have started on a sour note, it turned out to be one of Buffett's most profitable ventures. The company, which started as a struggling textile mill, has grown into a multi-billion-dollar conglomerate with interests in everything from insurance and utilities to railroads and retail. In the end, the tale of Berkshire Hathaway is a testament to Buffett's foresight, patience, and extraordinary investment acumen. It stands as an example of how value investing, when coupled with disciplined strategy and long-term thinking, Can turn even the most unassuming business into a towering success. Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha, as he is often referred to, is well known for his adherence to value investing principles. But one of the less emphasized, yet equally important, elements of his strategy is the concept of diversification. In the late 1960s and early 70s, Buffett began to cautiously venture beyond the confines of the insurance industry with Berkshire Hathaway's coffers brimming with float from insurance premiums he had the financial muscle to explore new avenues of growth however the selection of companies he chose to invest in was not random it was the result of careful evaluation and calculation one of buffett's first ventures into new territory came in the form of See's Candies a California-based candy maker acquired in 1972 It was an anomaly compared to the insurance businesses that comprised Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio. But for Buffett, the company's strong brand, loyal customer base, and high profit margins made it an attractive investment. Over time, Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio became a diverse mix of companies. From American Express and Coca-Cola to IBM and Apple, Buffett's investments spanned multiple industries. Each business in the portfolio had its unique qualities, but all shared a common characteristic, they were undervalued according to Buffett's meticulous calculations. Yet, the concept of diversification in Buffett's strategy is different from the traditional sense. Often, diversification is seen as a way to spread risk by investing in a wide range of assets. But for Buffett, it was not about investing in as many businesses as possible. Instead, he focused on understanding each business thoroughly and buying only when he was confident about the company's value and future prospects. For instance, when he invested in Apple in 2016, it marked a departure from his usual avoidance of tech stocks. Yet, he invested because he saw Apple as a consumer company with a strong brand and loyal customers, rather than a volatile tech company. The strategy of diversification, as practiced by Buffett, is more about having a wide circle of competence than having a wide investment portfolio. He only ventured into new industries when he understood the business well and saw a compelling value proposition. This approach to diversification is not just about spreading risk but also about seizing opportunities. Through his calculated and disciplined investment approach. Buffett was able to create a diverse empire of companies that consistently delivered profits, contributing to his remarkable track record and solidifying his status as one of the world's greatest investors. Warren Buffett is a great believer in the power of compound interest, frequently referring to it as the eighth wonder of the world. In the financial sphere, compound interest holds the key to wealth generation, and no one has mastered this mechanism better than Buffett himself. As the story goes, young Warren Buffett was captivated by the magical workings of compound interest when he came across a book in his father's library. The book, 1000 Ways to Make $1,000, introduced him to this concept, embedding an idea that would guide his investment philosophy for decades to come. Buffett's fascination with compound interest was not merely academic. His investment in Berkshire Hathaway exemplified his understanding and application of this concept. He took over Berkshire Hathaway, a struggling textile mill, and turned it into a powerhouse conglomerate. By reinvesting profits back into the company instead of paying dividends, he demonstrated the potency of compound interest. Berkshire Hathaway, under Buffett's stewardship, began acquiring other businesses and stocks. Buffett's financial acumen is certainly legendary, but perhaps one of his most distinguishing characteristics is his remarkable ability to spot potential. It is this gift, this keen eye for latent possibilities, that has positioned him as one of the world's most successful investors. A case in point is Buffett's acquisition of Geico, an insurance company. At first glance, insurance might not seem like the most lucrative business. It's laden with risks and uncertainties, with the potential for significant losses. But Buffett saw something in GEICO that many others overlooked, its innovative direct-to-consumer business model that bypassed traditional insurance brokers, thus reducing costs. He believed that GEICO's model held the potential to disrupt the industry and could offer him steady profits through the premiums collected. Buffett's knack for discerning potential wasn't limited to business models and industries. He applied the same principle when picking people to run those businesses. He had an uncanny ability to choose capable, trustworthy managers and then gave them the autonomy to run the companies. This approach not only attracted talented individuals but also fostered an environment conducive to growth and innovation. Buffett's belief in his managers was so strong that he once said, I try to buy stock in businesses that are so wonderful that an idiot can run them. Because sooner or later, one will. His talent for spotting potential extended beyond companies and business models to people, a trait equally important in the business world. The Nebraska Furniture Mart provides another excellent illustration of Buffett's ability to identify potential. Rose Blumkin, the founder, was a Russian immigrant who started the company with $500 in 1937. Despite her lack of formal education and English skills, she had an unyielding spirit and an intuitive understanding of the customer. Impressed by her resilience and the strong business she had built, Buffett purchased the store in 1983 for $60 million, maintaining that it was one of the best investments he ever made. The acquisition paid off, and Nebraska Furniture Mart is now an essential part of Berkshire Hathaway's retail operations. Buffett's eye for potential, be it in businesses, industry trends, or individuals, is a significant contributor to his extraordinary success. His ability to see and invest in potential where others see risk is a testament to his forward-thinking vision and reinforces his status as an investment sage. He is a master at finding diamonds in the rough and patiently waiting for them to shine. Buffett's ascension to billionaire status is a tale that's both inspiring and illuminating. It's a journey punctuated by daring decisions, an unwavering faith in his investment philosophy, and an unwavering belief in the enduring power of the American economy. It was 1990 when Warren Buffett officially joined the Billionaires Club. The ascent wasn't sudden, but rather the result of decades of steady, disciplined investment. He didn't rely on hot stocks or trendy industries but adhered to his value investment principles. Buffett's ability to maintain his strategy, regardless of market sentiment, proved that his success was not a stroke of luck but the product of thoughtful consideration and sound judgment. However, becoming a billionaire wasn't the end of the journey for Buffett. The title came with responsibility. As his fortune grew, so did his influence not only in business circles but also in broader society. He became a household name and his opinions on various issues started to hold substantial sway. Yet, amid his rising influence and expanding wealth, Buffett remained firmly grounded. The simple, humble lifestyle he led in his native Omaha starkly contrasted the flashy glamour associated with billionaires. His residence, A modest 5-bedroom house he bought in 1958 stood as a testament to his simple tastes. Even his diet, filled with Cherry Cokes and McDonald's meals, demonstrated his commitment to simplicity. For Buffett, being a billionaire wasn't about the opulence or power it brought. It was about the opportunities it provided to make an impact, to create change. His wealth allowed him to help shape the world according to his vision. Be it through his investments or his philanthropy. Buffett's pledge to donate more than half of his fortune to charitable causes further illustrates his perspective on wealth. He saw it as a means to a greater end, not an end in itself. Today, Buffett's name is synonymous with investing. His billionaire status serves as a beacon of hope for many aspiring investors. It demonstrates that patience, discipline, and a keen understanding of businesses can lead to monumental success. However, his humility and generosity also serve as a reminder that success isn't merely about accumulating wealth, but about making a difference in the world. The history of financial markets is littered with booms and busts, each one a test of investor metal. In these turbulent times, Warren Buffett's steadfastness under pressure has become the stuff of legend, transforming him into a beacon of resilience and wisdom. The 2008 global financial crisis stands as one of the most defining moments of Buffett's investing career. Faced with a market in free fall and financial institutions on the brink of collapse, panic was the order of the day. However, where others saw doom and gloom, Buffett saw opportunity. Even as the stock market plummeted, Buffett remained unruffled, guided by his investment philosophy and long-term outlook. Buffett's response to the crisis was a lesson in strategic resilience. Instead of succumbing to fear, he doubled down on his belief in the intrinsic strength of the American economy. He invested heavily in blue-chip companies like Goldman Sachs and General Electric, which had been severely battered by the crisis. This bold move, taken at a time when others were retreating from the market, demonstrated his steadfast commitment to value investing. Buffett's resilience did not emerge out of thin air. It was the product of a lifetime of experiences that had hardened his resolve. His early experiences during the Great Depression, for instance, had instilled in him a profound understanding of economic cycles. He knew that even the most severe downturns eventually give way to recovery. Buffett's actions during market crashes stand in stark contrast to the panic that typically engulfs investors during such periods. While others sell off assets in a frenzy, Buffett maintains his cool, holding onto his investments and even seeking out new ones. Today, as we navigate the economic uncertainties of the post-pandemic world, Buffett's resilience serves as a reminder of the importance of staying the course, irrespective of market fluctuations. His handling of market crashes is a testament to his ability to withstand pressure and maintain focus on long-term objectives, an attribute that all investors would do well to emulate. Buffett's resilience during market downturns underscores the essence of his investment philosophy to be fearful when others are greedy, and greedy when others are fearful. This strategy, though simple in words, requires the highest level of discipline and courage. Warren Buffett, in the face of adversity, embodies these principles, offering a roadmap to financial resilience. Warren Buffett, known as the Oracle of Omaha, has built his fortune not only on his financial acumen but also on a set of guiding principles that have underpinned his investment decisions throughout his career. These tenets, simple in their construction but profound in their implications, form the bedrock of his investment philosophy. Foremost among these principles is the concept of value investing, buying securities whose shares appear underpriced by some form of fundamental analysis. Buffett learned this principle under the tutelage of Benjamin Graham at Columbia Business School, and it became the cornerstone of his investment approach. He seeks out companies with strong track records and sound management, which he believes are undervalued by the market. Buffett's emphasis on value investing is closely tied to his second guiding principle, patience. Buffett is famous for his buy and hold strategy, demonstrating a willingness to wait for the right opportunity and hold on to investments even when the market is down. He is often quoted saying, "Our favorite holding period is forever." His third guiding principle is his commitment to ethical business practices. Buffett has always underscored the importance of integrity, both in the businesses he invests in and in his personal conduct. He believes that the long-term success of any business is intimately tied to the way it treats its customers, employees, and the larger community. Finally, Buffett's principle of financial independence, which has its roots in his early entrepreneurial endeavors, is a testament to his belief in the power of self-reliance. From his childhood business ventures to his later financial successes, Buffett has always done. Even though Warren Buffett's name has become synonymous with wealth and investment success, it's his gift for teaching that has perhaps left the most indelible mark on the world. At the heart of the Buffett classroom is his legendary annual shareholders meeting, also known as the Woodstock for capitalists. Every spring, Tens of thousands of investors from around the world descend on Omaha to learn from the master himself. With a wry sense of humor, a penchant for analogies, and a plain-spoken manner, Buffett transforms complex financial concepts into digestible nuggets of wisdom. The investors hang onto his every word, seeking to gain insights into his investment strategy and, more importantly, his philosophy on life and business. Beyond these meetings, Buffett's teachings have also been disseminated through his letters to shareholders. These annual letters, which he began writing in 1965, have become required reading for those wanting to understand the principles of value investing. Each letter is not just a report on the company's performance, but also a treasure trove of wisdom laced with anecdotes, humor, and invaluable advice. Perhaps the most surprising aspect of Buffett's educational impact, however, is his dedication to teaching children about financial literacy. He lent his likeness and voice to an animated series called Secret Millionaires Club, in which he mentors a group of kids on financial and life decisions. He believed strongly in the idea that the principles of smart investing and money management can and should be learned at an early age. However, the lessons that Buffett teaches the world go beyond financial strategies. He advocates for ethical leadership, corporate accountability, and philanthropy. He's committed to giving away the vast majority of his wealth to charitable causes, most of it to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. His decision to sign the Giving Pledge has encouraged other billionaires to pledge a significant portion of their wealth to philanthropy as well. Despite the immense wealth that Buffett has accumulated, his teachings consistently emphasize that success isn't merely measured by one's net worth. He has imparted the importance of maintaining integrity, acting responsibly, and giving generously. Through his life and teachings, Buffett has indeed schooled the world not just on how to invest, but also on how to live. While Warren Buffett's business acumen has earned him a place among the world's richest individuals, his commitment to philanthropy is another key part of his legacy that cannot be understated. Buffett's approach to giving was profoundly shaped by his longtime friendship with fellow billionaire philanthropist, Bill Gates. Over friendly bridge games and family vacations, the two titans of industry shared not just a love for intellectual challenges. But also a shared belief in the power of philanthropy to change the world. This meeting of minds led to the creation of the Giving Pledge in 2010, a commitment by the world's wealthiest individuals and families to give away more than half of their wealth to address society's most pressing problems. Buffett's own commitment to the Giving Pledge is perhaps the most audacious act of philanthropy in history. In 2006, he made an unprecedented promise to gradually give away all of his Berkshire Hathaway shares, the bulk of his fortune, to philanthropic endeavors. The largest portion of this pledge, a staggering 85%, is slated to go to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But the ripples of Buffett's philanthropy go beyond his own contributions. His pledge, and the challenge he laid down for other ultra-wealthy individuals, has sparked a wave of charitable giving that has reached all corners of the globe. His influence has urged the world's wealthiest to rethink their responsibilities to society and their power to affect change. It's not just the scale of his giving that sets Buffett apart, but also the philosophy behind it. He's often spoken about the Ovarian Lottery, his belief that he was lucky to be born with the skills and in a time and place where those skills would be rewarded so handsomely. Because of this, he sees his wealth not as a sign of personal superiority, but as a resource that he holds in trust for the rest of society. Buffett's approach to philanthropy mirrors his approach to investing patient, strategic, and focused on creating long term value. He entrusts his funds to organizations and individuals who he believes will deliver the highest social return on investment, just as he would in the business world. Through his philanthropic journey, Buffett has proven that generosity is not just about writing a check. It's a commitment to making a difference, a belief in the potential of others, and a vision for a better world. His generosity will continue to inspire and influence philanthropy for generations to come. The Giving Pledge, a groundbreaking charitable endeavor, is a testament to the power of philanthropy and the collective resolve of a group of people committed to making a profound difference in the world. The genesis of the Giving Pledge can be traced back to a series of conversations between Warren Buffett and Bill and Melinda Gates. The three shared a deep belief in the capacity of philanthropy to create meaningful change and set out to inspire others to join their mission. In 2010, the Giving Pledge was officially launched a commitment by the world's wealthiest individuals and families to give away more than half their wealth during their lifetimes or in their wills. Each pledge is a moral commitment to give, not a legal contract, reflecting the belief that each person's approach to philanthropy is personal and should be self-directed. It was this novel idea that captivated the public and drew a variety of responses from the global community. The initiative quickly gained momentum, and over the years, more than 200 of the world's billionaires have taken up the challenge, from tech titans like Elon Musk and Larry Ellison to business magnates such as Richard Branson and Sarah Blakely. Each signatory of the pledge writes a letter explaining their decision to join the initiative, offering insights into their philanthropic philosophies and hopes for the future. These letters serve as a testament to the diversity of the group and the variety of causes they support, from combating climate change to improving global health to advancing educational opportunities. As more and more individuals took the pledge, the initiative moved beyond simply accruing funds and evolved into a community of philanthropists. Annual events began to take place where signatories could gather, share ideas, and collaborate on projects. In this way, the giving pledge became not just about the money pledged, but also about the relationships formed and the conversations sparked the Giving Pledge has inevitably faced criticism. Some argue that it allows billionaires to exert excessive influence over public policy or that it's a way to avoid taxes. However, the initiative has undeniably shifted the conversation around wealth and giving. It has shown that philanthropy isn't just a responsibility, it's a commitment to society. In a world grappling with a multitude of challenges, the Giving Pledge represents a beacon of hope, a testament to the power of generosity, and a challenge to others in positions of wealth to make a difference. It embodies the belief, as expressed by Warren Buffett, that societal prosperity isn't just about amassing wealth, but also about giving it back. Warren Buffett's impact on the world of investment stretches far beyond the halls of Berkshire Hathaway's headquarters in Omaha, Nebraska. His principles, teachings, and leadership have made him one of the most influential figures in finance, reshaping the way generations of investors think about money and markets. As an ardent disciple of the value-investing philosophy pioneered by his mentor Benjamin Graham, Buffett introduced the world to a whole new way of looking at businesses. He focused not just on a company's stock price or market trends, but rather on its intrinsic value. He asked questions like, Does this business have a competitive advantage, and does it have strong management? His ability to analyze these factors, often overlooked by other investors, helped him identify undervalued companies that would yield significant returns in the long term. The so-called Oracle of Omaha also demonstrated the importance of patience and discipline in investing. Buffett's buy-and-hold strategy, where investments are made for the long term and not traded frequently, became a guiding principle for many investors. Buffett once said, our favorite holding period is forever, a sentiment that emphasized his belief in the power of patience and compound interest. This strategy not only reduced costs associated with frequent buying and selling but also allowed him to reap the benefits of long-term growth. Furthermore, Buffett advocated for transparency and honesty in the corporate world. His annual letters to Berkshire Hathaway shareholders are known for their wit, wisdom, and clear explanations of the company's performance and strategies. These letters not only provide valuable insights into Buffett's investment philosophy, but also serve as a model for other businesses in terms of open communication with stakeholders. Buffett's even the Oracle of Omaha, as Warren Buffett is affectionately known, could not defy the laws of time. With the inevitability of his advancing age, discussions of succession planning at Berkshire Hathaway came to the fore. As with everything in his career, Buffett approached this sensitive issue with thoughtfulness, foresight, and characteristic wit. Buffett understood the enormity of the task of filling his shoes. He had transformed Berkshire Hathaway from a struggling textile manufacturer into a global conglomerate with stakes in various sectors such as insurance, utilities, railroad, and consumer goods. In one of his annual letters to shareholders, he quipped, my successor will need one other particular strength, the ability to fight off the ABCs of business decay, which are arrogance, bureaucracy, and complacency. In the early 2000s, speculation was rife about who would take the helm after Buffett. Yet, Buffett, with his typical blend of humility and humor, often sidestepped the question, once jesting, I've reluctantly discarded the notion of my continuing to manage the portfolio after my death, abandoning my hope to give new meaning to the term thinking outside the box. However, behind the scenes, Buffett was making deliberate and careful plans. In 2006, he noted that the board had identified three internal candidates who could succeed him this number was further whittled down in the following years. One person who emerged as a potential successor was Ajit Jain, the head of Berkshire Hathaway's insurance operations. Buffett had nothing but praise for Jain, describing him as an extraordinary manager who had created billions of dollars of value for the company. Another contender was Greg Abel, who led Berkshire Hathaway Energy and later became vice chairman in charge of all non-insurance operations. Abel's extensive experience and impressive track record made him a strong candidate. In 2021, during Berkshire Hathaway's annual meeting, the succession question was finally answered. The then 90-year-old Buffett confirmed that Greg Abel was the board's choice to succeed him when the time came. The process of succession planning at Berkshire Hathaway mirrored many of Buffett's investment principles. It was strategic, patient, and considered the long-term health of the company. Just as he had guided the company's investments for over half a century, Buffett meticulously planned for a future where he would no longer be at the helm, ensuring the continuity and success of his beloved Berkshire Hathaway. Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha, is not just renowned for his unrivaled success in the world of finance and investment, he's equally celebrated for his words of wisdom. Profoundly simple yet deeply insightful, Buffett's quips and advice resonate far beyond boardrooms and stock markets. The story of Buffett's wisdom starts at a young age. Inspired by the books he read, like The Intelligent Investor, and the teachings of his father Howard, a stockbroker and later congressman, Buffett developed a unique perspective on investing, life, and success. Buffett's wisdom often reflected his straightforward Midwestern sensibility. Known for his aversion to debt, one of his most famous sayings goes, do not save what is left after spending, instead, spend what is left after saving. This simple shift in perspective helped him accumulate wealth, underscoring the importance of financial discipline. The Oracle was also known for his long-term view of investing, advising patients over hasty decisions. Our favorite holding period is forever, he said, signifying his approach to invest in businesses for the long run rather than chasing quick profits. He would often remind investors, the stock market is a device for transferring money from the impatient to the patient. Humility, a trait not often associated with billionaires, was a cornerstone of Buffett's philosophy. He frequently cautioned against arrogance, stating, What we learn from history is that people don't learn from history. By acknowledging the inevitability of mistakes and the importance of learning from them, he underscored the value of humility in personal growth and investing success. Despite his immense wealth, Buffett lived a life of stunning frugality, residing in the same Omaha house he purchased in 1958. This modest lifestyle served as a powerful lesson in the difference between value and price a distinction he made clear when he said, price is what you pay, value is what you get. And perhaps the most potent wisdom from Buffett came in the form of philanthropy. In pledging the bulk of his wealth to charity, he stated, if you're in the luckiest 1% of humanity, you owe it to the rest of humanity to think about the other 99%. From the plains of Omaha to the high towers of Wall Street, Warren Buffett's wisdom illuminates the essence of a life well-lived and a career brilliantly executed. His words will continue to guide and inspire generations of investors and individuals alike. Warren Buffett's extraordinary journey in reshaping philanthropy began with a simple but profound belief, those who are fortunate enough to accumulate vast wealth have an obligation to give back. His conviction has driven a revolution in giving. Prompting many of the world's wealthiest to rethink their roles in society and their responsibilities towards its betterment. While the concept of charity was not new, Buffett's approach was transformative. Eschewing the traditional philanthropic path of creating a namesake foundation to distribute his wealth, Buffett decided to entrust his wealth to those already doing phenomenal work in the field. This marked a stark departure from the norms of philanthropy, inspiring many to follow suit. The year was 2006 when Buffett made a surprising announcement that would forever change the face of philanthropy. Instead of creating his own charity, he decided to commit the majority of his fortune to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, an organization that had already demonstrated its capability to effect meaningful change on a global scale. This move was radical, yet so characteristically Buffett. He saw value not just in the money he was donating but in the efficient and impactful use of that money. It was not about putting his name on buildings or programs. It was about making a genuine difference. He once said, don't just go for safe projects. Take on the really tough problems. Buffett's move also signaled a significant shift in power dynamics within philanthropy. By pledging his wealth to another foundation he shattered the notion that one needed to control their wealth to ensure its impact. This was his bet on the power of collaboration over control, on the efficiency of working together to solve the world's most pressing issues. His actions inspired other billionaires too. Along with Bill and Melinda Gates, Buffett co-founded the Giving Pledge in 2010, A commitment by the world's wealthiest individuals and families to give away the majority of their wealth to address society's most pressing problems. From his initial donation to the Gates Foundation to the creation of the Giving Pledge, Buffett's influence has rippled through the world of philanthropy, encouraging others to give more and give more effectively. In the end, Buffett's reshaping of philanthropy boils down to a simple, beautiful concept, Someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. His foresight in giving has planted many trees whose shade will be enjoyed by generations to come. His legacy in philanthropy is a testament to the power of generosity, vision, and humility, inspiring countless others to make the world a better place. Warren Buffett's journey was not about reaching a destination but rather about embarking on an endless path of growth learning, and giving. A son of a congressman who started with nothing more than an undying passion for numbers and a drive to understand the intricacies of businesses and financial markets, he became one of the wealthiest men on the planet. Yet, his wealth never defined him. Instead, it was his principles, his philosophy, and his profound understanding of humanity that made him a revered figure. Buffett is often remembered for his financial prowess but his legacy extends far beyond the realms of Wall Street. He didn't just change how the world invests, he changed how the world thinks. His wisdom seeped into classrooms, into boardrooms, into everyday conversations, transforming our understanding of money, success, and life itself. His investing philosophy, rooted in value investing, taught the world to see beyond the temporary and focus on the enduring. It was a philosophy that went beyond picking stocks, seeping into life lessons, value relationships, value time, value experiences, and most importantly, value oneself. Despite his astounding financial success, Buffett never lost touch with his humble beginnings. His frugality evident in his modest lifestyle, serves as a powerful reminder that wealth does not necessitate extravagance and that true richness lies not in possessions but in relationships, experiences,